All right, good to be with you here on the uh, Wednesday edition, the Hump Day edition, the What's Your Rank Wednesday edition, whatever edition you want to call it. Hey, it's a February uh, 21st edition, uh, 2024. Uh, good to have you along today. Uh, we'll get to, of course, your calls, your texts throughout the program at 757-687-9494 via the uh, Ballyhoo's phone line or the uh, text line. Uh, you may have remembered yesterday, or maybe you didn't remember yesterday. <laughs> I don't really know what you do. I mean, maybe you don't remember yesterday. I have a hard time sometimes remembering what I did the day before, let alone in the morning. But uh, we were discussing Justin Fields, the Bears free agent quarterback, or not free agent quarterback, it feels like he's a free agent, right? The Bears quarterback whose uh, situation is very much up in the air because they have that number one overall pick and what's his future holding and, you know, it kind of like, how do you figure out if a girl likes you? I guess this is how this works now, James. I have no idea because I'm not in middle school or high school anymore. But, <laughs> you know, the old days, it usually was if she was ignoring you or really mean to you, that meant she probably liked you. But now it's like if she follows you or unfollows you on social media, that means something one way or the other. But I'm really way over my skis right now in terms of what it actually means. But we were trying to read the tea leaves on what Justin Fields meant when he unfollowed his own football team, his own employer, the Chicago Bears, and most of you felt like he just believes he's about to be traded or he knows something. That's how the poll question broke down yesterday on the X. But anyway, I sometimes like to go to the source on these things. So what the heck? Um, Justin Fields was on, what is this podcast that he was on? It's on the Amon Ra, uh, the, the St. Brown Brothers, Amon Ra, St. Brown, and Equimania St. Brown, their podcast. All right, so the uh, St. Brown Brothers have a podcast. Why not? Everybody does. Yeah. Uh, actually, except you and I don't. Have, you have a podcast. I don't. I don't do the podcast stuff right now. Figure people are sick of hearing me five days a week as it is. Why would I add another layer to it uh, to torture people? So anyway, this is from the St. Brown Brothers podcast. Caleb Williams, or excuse me, er, try it again. That's a lot Justin of Freudian Williams, stuff going on Freudian here. Freudian slippage uh, talking about all the Caleb Williams rumors and uh, why he unfollowed the Chicago Bears on the socials. What's with the unfollow with the Bears? What's, what's up with that? Man, bro, I'm glad we're talking about it because people, why do people take social media so seriously? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but like, why are you why are you unfollowing the Bears? Like, I still mess with the Bears. It's not, I'm just trying to take a little break. I unfollow the Bears and the NFL, bro. I'm not just trying to have football on my timeline. Like, mm. I know y'all mess with a girl, EQ, especially you. Just because you don't follow the girl on IG, don't mean you're not messing with her. That's true. You That's know? true. That's facts. That's facts. Oh, so you're saying you mess with the Bears much more now that you don't follow them? Man, it's not even like that. Ah, okay. It's, okay. it's something that I don't want to see in my timeline. I'm about to go on vacation. I don't want to see no mm. football. And guess just, what? Just get away. Get a little away for a little bit. It's either Keith Fields. We want Fields to the drive Caleb. So it's like, bro, man, I'm tired of hearing the talk. I just wanted to be over. He wants it to be over. Hey, don't we all, right? Yeah, uh, we and do. By the way, next week we'll probably have a good feel when they leave Indianapolis, which direction they're going with this thing. But here, here's what's interesting. So he said he unfollowed the Bears because he wants to get away from the drama, right? Now, again, I, I don't do the Instagram, uh, but you can validate this for me or tell me I'm wrong, debunk these rumors. But I have heard that he has actually been somebody that had um, gone ahead and uh, followed some players on the Atlanta Falcons followed Coach Tomlin of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh-huh. Facts. So if you're going to unfollow your own employer but then follow others that might be in the market for a quarterback, seems like you're creating part of the drama. Is this, this me? Maybe I'm being nitpicky, old guy here. Uh just seems to be uh, how I would say, you know, if you want to really get away from all the drama, you could just, you know, close your account or just don't even open it. Turn off, you know, turn off notifications. 
uh, which is another thing I always recommend for the youth, but nobody listens to me. So it's just a few ideas if you really wanted to end in drama, right? I think you can also like pause your account. Sure. You know, like how you could always put your mail on hold, you know, for mm-hmm. us old heads, you can put your mail on hold, right? Right, right. Well, right. I think you can actually pause your account and then not lose anything, but then just decide, okay, I, I want to activate it back up again. I think you could do that with Instagram. So that, that would have been an option. Interesting. So you can actually pause your account. Fascinating. So... All that being said, he's done none of that. Um, he's just trying. He wants it to end. And look, who doesn't, right? Because it feels like there's some burner accounts now that are running campaigns against certain players. I was telling you yesterday, for some reason, suddenly the greatest hits uh, have been playing, and I mean hits, on Jaden Daniels. Like uh-huh. showing this kid getting tackled like a a mannequin. I mean, this is the ferocity of one of those mannequins they put in a car accident to show you uh, what seatbelts can and can't do for you if you don't have one on. And, and Jaden Daniels, in this case, does not have the seatbelt on, has no airbags, and this poor guy is getting thrown around like a pinata in some of these hits, you know, crash test dummy uh, kind of stuff. And I'm like, wow, where did these suddenly become the hot item uh, to share on these socials? Almost like... You know, is Caleb Williams uh, folks starting a campaign? And then, you know, the Justin Fields folks, they have like, they literally have a campaign video. Have you seen this in Chicago? I did, yeah. Like, it's a, it's kind of a farce. It's a joke. But, you know, for, you know, pro Justin Williams as to why keep him and trade down. I'm amazed the more we get into this process, and we're not even close to being, you know, halfway through the process, how many people are just so dang afraid to draft a rookie quarterback. You would think that it was just the worst thing you could possibly do. And people that want to stick with mediocresville quarterbacks um, that have shown nothing, but I'm getting that on the socials already from today, and we'll get to the ex-poll question here in a little bit, which has regarded to the commander's issues or options, I should say, when it comes to uh, the most important position in all professional sports. Uh, of course, the quarterback position. So, anyway, so that was Justin Fields um, with the St. Brown Brothers podcast. Look, he just wants to end the drama, but also kind of stir it up all at the same time. Yeah, remind me again, how many uh, playoff appearances has Justin Fields had? You know, just offhand. Uh, zero, I Yeah, think. I believe yeah. that. I how believe many winning that. seasons? Zero. I mean, yeah. how many seasons where he threw over 60% uh, completion-wise? Zero. I mean, I- I'm amazed. I-, I really am that some of the Justin Fields fandom that has come out. I mean, I get it. He's He's got some raw materials that are very interesting, and people keep referring back to Ohio State, but dude, he's been three years gone from that university, uh-huh. and uh, you just hadn't seen a whole lot yet, you know, to to make you get real jacked up about what he's doing. But man, there are there are he's got some fan base. There's there's no question about it. I'm sorry, he's got two seasons now over sixty percent. He was at sixty point four and sixty one point four. There you go. Oh yeah, that that is a there, whopping number. Yeah, over it's a 60%. whopping number in a day and age. Where wow, it's never you been should feel terrible to throw the forward pass. 30 interceptions in three seasons as well to 40 touchdowns. But again, there look, he's got an athletic element about him that is electrifying. There's no denying that. It's just the easy stuff that doesn't look so hot so far for him. But somebody's going to jump. Look, somebody is going to take him off the Bears' hands and probably pay no a question. Pretty, pretty significant price to do so. And you're going to have this one year ramp where you got to make it work. Uh, or else, you know, pay the big bucks going into that second season, what's left on that rookie deal. All right, so there's an interesting note today about Caleb Williams and the way he's handling his business, getting ready for the NFL draft, the presumed number one overall pick, whether it's the Bears or somebody else moving into that spot. We'll get to that coming up. And yes, the poll question of the day, uh, commanders related with Caleb Williams involved, 
We will get to that as well. All right. 757-687-9494. 757-687-9494. If you want to hit us up via the text line or the Ballyhoo's phone line. We've already got people rolling through here uh, with some opinions, so that's good. Uh, don't forget, today is Wednesday. It's a What's Your Rank Wednesday. It'll be kind of a franchise tag spin of a topic today with the franchise tag window opening the other day in the NFL, but kind of an all-sports franchise tag question for you today that we'll deal with, and I'm sure there will be some very angry folks uh, when we get done with this one today, and that's what we always strive for, anger, frustration, fury, uh, hot takes, all that stuff. All right, Scott Jackson, Joe Priority, Art of Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. Injured in an accident, call 757-INJURED, 757-I-N-J-U-R-E-D. Yeah, we are uh, brought to you by Larry King Law. Good to be with you here today on the uh, Wednesday edition. Yes, we will get to What's Your Rank Wednesday at 5. Uh, Ted Alexander will pinch hitting for Wood Sea League today at uh, 3.50 with us Um and uh, we'll also um, talk with my friend Jerry Coleman at 6 o'clock about the Orioles and uh, spring training and the prospect of Jackson Holiday um, being with the big club from the beginning of the season. All right, our ESPN Radio 94.1 poll question of the day brought to you by Dominion Floor Covering uh, on the X at Jackson Sports. You can vote there or at ESPN Radio 941. What should the commanders do if Caleb Williams is off the board? Right now, 42.9% of you want them to draft another North Carolina quarterback, uh, but a taller one, one who looks like an adult, uh, Drake May, uh, while the other 349 wants you to go with uh, skinny Jaden Daniels, the Heisman Trophy winner. 14.3% of you are try to trade backwards, and we got some others reply below as well at 7.9%, including one that just says, I can't wait till May 1st. That's from uh, Pizza Pasta Guy. Uh, my guy Dave Schultz wants choice five, trade down and let the Patriots draft Daniels because he's a Patriots fan, get it. Uh, our guy Doug Ripley, the Ripper, says uh, even if Williams is on the board, I say stay away from him. Uh, they need to trade back for multiple picks and stay the course with Sam Howell. As I feel I said for years, quarterback is not the problem. Yeah, Yeah. I think quarterback is the problem, Ripper. But I understand what you're saying. There are big issues as well. I'll be fascinated to see when they come out of their hole, right? Like when when Cliff Kingsbury comes out of the hole, uh, Anthony Lynn, um, Ben Johnson. I mean, Ben Johnson's probably got a really good scout on Sam Howell. He's in the division last year. Excuse me, Brian Johnson. Whoops. Freudian slip. That's going to happen a couple Wrong Johnson, because they have like okay. three Johnsons on the staff. Uh-huh. By the way, did you see yesterday they hired um, <laughs> John Glenn, not the former I astronaut, did. senator, and everything else, on the day that John Glenn's anniversary of his orbiting the moon took place. How weird is that? I don't know if somebody planned that right. as like a PR thing, and right. if they did, I'm liking the way that this, this organization, organization's headed. Yeah, but they didn't play it up on social media. I just think it was I a weird have, coincidence, right? I don't care what his position <laughs> title is. You could have easily played that. Off. Our assistant special teams coach is not the same guy who was orbited around the Earth, uh, around the moon, excuse me, uh, John Glenn, but anyway. Uh, it was the anniversary date of that. But anyway, they had um, that, that happened yesterday. So... Yeah, I mean, they're going to probably take quarterback. I, you know, we were going through this prior to the show. Do you understand that next year's quarterback class, the number one quarterback, again, today, which doesn't mean anything, because Sam Howell, you know, was at this point once in his life, too, where he was the number one quarterback going into the season, as was Spencer Rattler, um, is probably Shador Sanders. Um, you know, Quinn Ewers is probably in the top five somewhere. 
Uh, the kid from no, the kid from Penn State, who I'm pretty sure is the guy the Commanders coaching staff threw under the bus when they were uh, doing the Jahan Dotson eval. Um, you know, Aller is number um, two right now in some of these. Drew Aller in in some of these uh, mocks that are already out there. So there's there is a lot of this uh, going on right now that you know that that shows you that this year's class appears to be way greater than what next year's class will be, right? Like, so it's going to be a lot better uh, than next year's group. And, and, oh, yeah, by the way, you don't know just because you're trading back if you're getting a top five pick next year. Like, you, you're not not also everybody's going to do what yeah. the Bears did. I mean, the Bears lucked in to this particular situation. So that's the other problem. Um, if going backwards isn't necessarily a guarantee you're going to be back up here again next year, you could be still in the desperation mode. So they're going to have, again, they're going to have a pretty good eval, I think, on um, what they've got there in, um, in, in Sam Howell after they get out of this darkness retreat on the, on the breakdown of the team. No, I'm sorry. It wasn't Drew Aller, some other kid. I'm on my bad. I'm throwing poor Drew Aller under the bus. It wasn't him. It was some other kid that was there at Penn State two years ago with Dotson. They just trashed this poor guy. <laughs> they were saying how bad he was and how good. I can't remember his name, I, I but know, I'm thinking about it. It now. was a different guy. Oh, yeah. man. It was so mean. It was so mean. Anyway, and again, that guy's probably like, what the hell's Ron Rivera know about, about quarterbacks? You know? <laughs> <laughs> He's probably like, what do you know about That would anything? be equally fair. Yeah. So anyway, the, um, the group will have that done before they get there. So there's an interesting note today about one. Uh, so anyway, keep voting. The, the polls are open you know, for another 24 hours or 23 hours. So there's an interesting note today about um, Caleb Williams, which is this. The Caleb Williams is going into the draft without an agent, and it does not appear he's going to actually have an agent. All right. Which is kind of ballsy uh, from this point. Because like, you're going to say, well, look, it's pretty easy. These are all slotted if he's the number one overall pick. How hard is it to figure out what you should make? You know, then you got to get the years that are protected for injury. Like these are all kind of standard kind of things. You got to have a lawyer do it, right? His old man could do some of this stuff. But here, here's where I will push back on anybody saying Caleb Williams should be doing exactly what he's doing. And it's not the Lamar Jackson example, although that is not a terrible one. Right. Because Caleb Williams already has a little bit of like a, a, a media thing going, right? Like he's already in commercials using the Dr. Pepper thing from the Heisman House. He's got some, you know, sponsorship stuff from his NIL uh, things that he did at a USC. So he's already making money off the field, right? Whereas this is like the thing you don't understand with Lamar Jackson. Like, dude, like, where are you? Why aren't you in any commercials? Like, yeah, he's just why not. aren't you in any campaigns at all? Like, what's, what's happening here? That's where I think he fails without having an agent. But where this gets nasty here coming up in the next few weeks with, with these quarterbacks, in particular with this situation where it's going to be under the microscope, and maybe it won't matter because maybe the Bears are going to show their hand and say, no, no, we're all in barring the Herschel Walker trade, the Ricky Williams trade you know, to Washington when, when Dick could give up his entire draft to get Ricky Williams. Maybe it won't matter. But like they're gonna, there's going to be a time over this next you know, two months before we get to the draft where people are going to put out the stink on Caleb Williams, right? Like nobody was his birthday party uh, when he got arrested, for example. I, that didn't happen. I'm just using the draft day example. <laughs> like he didn't, not only did he take the $100 and lie about it, he never even, you know, tried to pretend, you know, didn't act like it was there. Right. Uh, whatever that whole stupid thing was in draft day. I mean, there's going to be all these stories about Caleb Williams that are going to come out. And that's where you need the agent to get out there and, and put the fires out, right? And say that's garbage. It's not true, you know, or whatever. Like whatever the salacious stuff that's going to be out there, 
you know, last year, whoever it was wanted to know C.J. Stroud did poorly on the cognitive test. And boy, did that really hold him back this year. It sure did. Yeah, good good cognitive test there, NFL. Anyway, and again, who knows if that was real? Like, that's the other thing. And I, I did find it interesting that there are some agencies telling their players, don't take the test. Because it's not in confidence. Your, your, your results will be shared with the public. So don't buy into any of the stuff these teams are telling you. Right. You don't have to cooperate. So anyway. I think that's where Caleb Williams might get to the point. And maybe his, who knows, maybe his dad, maybe his family are good enough to handle all the stuff that's going to be slung at him. And maybe, again, it won't matter because really it's going to be a one-horse race. It's going to be him to the Bears and it won't even make a difference. But that's where I would say why you might want to give up whatever the percentages these poor kids give up to these contracts that these agents these days. Where you need Lee Steinberg to get on the phone and, you know, and scream, show me the money or, you know, whatever that is. It's it's possible. I mean, but you're right. If he's already got that marketability, which you know, Lamar Jackson didn't have all of these nil opportunities and sure. things like that Different in college. World. So yeah, he probably should have gotten an agent to get those off the field opportunities. But but since Caleb Williams has already been in that world, like you said, maybe it does make sense at least for him in the short term to not have an agent. You know, bank a little bit of that money of for for himself and then get one when he feels like it's necessary. All right, let's do this. Get some calls. Get some texts on this uh, quarterback stuff. Justin Fields are ready to get to at 757-687-9494. That's a Ballyhoo's phone line and the text line. Let's get to Brian in Chesapeake who wants to weigh in on the Justin Fields unfollow. What's up, Brian? How you doing, buddy? Good, my man. Hey, nice to speak to y'all again. I'm glad y'all got football going even after the season, man. Yeah, you got it, man. It's a uh, (laughs) 24-hour, seven-day-a-week, 365 sport now. I need it. I need it. So I want to. I want to. If you don't mind, before I jump into Justin Fields, I just want to weigh in on the poll question. I, yeah. I don't really do Twitter or, or X or whatever. That's all right. But um, I think Washington needs to pick up a quarterback with tougher skin than some of the ones that are already being mentioned by some of the scouts. They need yeah. somebody like Bo Nix, who's been through the ringer at two different you know colleges. He's had to go from the bottom to the top, and he actually showed that he performed and made his teammates better when it counted the most when he was at Oregon. So I think somebody like Bo Nix would fit Washington better, even though he's not touted as one of the highest quarterbacks in the draft. Sometimes it's not about that. It's about what fits best for the team where we are. After Washington just came through what they came through with that owner that they had before, and if they're trying to build a new culture, I think he fits what their coach is looking for as far as the toughness in the quarterback, personally. Interesting. Um, now, they'll have a good file on him, obviously. You know, Kingsbury was in that conference last year. They saw right. him up close. I mean, here, here's the knock on Bo Nix that I hear. Uh, he wasn't anything until he got to Oregon. Well, I mean, well, I don't know if that is. I mean, so he he had better coaching at Oregon. He had a better system for him. And and in the old days, we would say, well, that Oregon system that doesn't produce quarterbacks. And you're like, well, hey, dummy, did you ever see the guy in, uh, with the Chargers play football? Right. Uh-huh. You know, that was the old that was the old talking points on Oregon. I, I'm open minded to Bo Nix, although I know there was some not so positive stuff out of the Senior Bowl with him. But but who you know whatever. Uh, we'll, we'll see. But yeah, I mean, I, I think yeah. Nick's Penix are interesting, the combination of the both. And the knock on Penix was the first time he saw a real like NFL style defense was Michigan, and that didn't work out too well. But that being said, when he was at Indiana, he he, he tore him up, you know, back Michigan. in the you know few yeah. seasons before that. So, right. Anyway. He beat Michigan there. So it's, yeah. it's all about, and that kind of like segues into what I wanted to say about yeah. Fields. As you know, I'm a big Fields fan. Yeah. I was the one advocating for Baltimore to trade Lamar for Fields. So I, okay. I'm a big fan. But putting my fandom of him to the side, sure. when you look at the logical part of it, they have had, I think, two coaches uh, since he's been there. He's only been there, what, two years? They've already had two coaches. Three years. Or three, three years, years or whatever. Yep. Yep. And then they, they've had different offensive coordinators 
and his receivers have always – I mean, it, it, like, look at what he's working with there. And I know it's like, okay, if you're a great quarterback, you can elevate, but it ain't too many quarterbacks going to go to Chicago right now and have a winning record. You know what I mean? So, I mean, Brady can come out of retirement and maybe put them at 500, but for the most part, what Chicago was working with, very few quarterbacks, Caleb Williams notwithstanding, they're not going to do well there. So I think Fields needs a better place. Like, Baltimore fan or not, I think he would do great in Pittsburgh. I think Kenny Pickett was the quarterback you were talking about with Jahan Dawson earlier. Uh, no, no, it wasn't Kenny Pickett. Bus. Kenny Pickett was it at Pittsburgh. Pickett? No, it wasn't Pickett. Okay, it was a guy you, at Penn you, State who's some kid who's like nobody. Yeah, yeah. Okay, got you. But yeah. I think I think personally Fields would do well there. I know a lot of people talk about him possibly going to Atlanta because of the talent they have and so on and so yeah. forth. I think he would do good on the Morris. But I think as far as what he brings, as far as his skill set and also how they would utilize him, I think he would do the best in Pittsburgh. And I think, for real, he would be appreciated there because you're looking at stability in an organization and you're looking at stability in a coach who actually shows that, okay, I'm going to do everything that I can to, to do, put you in the best position to succeed. Chicago is not doing that. And so, and Sean Clifford, by the way, was the kid yeah. at Penn State whose name I couldn't pull. That's what it was. Sean Clifford, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah, he's actually in the okay. NFL right now. I think he's with the Packers. Yeah. Anyway. Listen, they, I, if I'm not mistaken, um, I, I forgot his name. Who, who was with the Bills? He's still in the NFL. So it's a whole bunch of people in the NFL now. Probably shouldn't be. Yeah. But I tell you one thing: um, Fields, Fields can start over at least. 15 starting quarterbacks right now on their team. Yeah. No, there's, honest, listen, there's you know a lot of, uh, he's going to have a big market. There, there's no yeah. question. Even with the question marks, he's going to have a big market for the teams that don't have the longer, you know, the, the longer ramp to, to move up to get him. Or the fact that, you know, again, you they have a, they think they're just a plug-and-play veteran quarterback away, a more veteran quarterback than what they have. Would he be an upgrade from anything they've seen in Atlanta? Of course he would be, right? He's better mm-hmm. than Desmond Ritter. Uh, you know, he's he's going to he's gonna be better than anybody they could draft at that point. So I understand it from them. But from the Bears' perspective, I do think, and again, a lot of this is about, you know, surviving long-term if you're Matt Eberflus. Like, if you yeah. say, hey, we're picking a new, you know, we're starting a, a new – uh, it kind of resets your clock a little bit, you know. It, you know, it, re- it resets everybody's clock a little bit, so it, it kind of helps you out. And they've got a new staff, as you said. So uh, on the offensive side, it'll be uh, interesting. And, and again, you don't want to be the one that say no. We can definitely fix it because you thought you could do that last year and you didn't, you know, and it, mm-hmm. you fail with it, and then do the same thing again. Then you know, doesn't work. Then you're out next year, and there's a whole new coaching staff. And then they're still not with their quarterback. So, I mean, if you're the right. GM who thinks they're going to be there longer than the coaching staff, you're really pushing for starting over with the quarterback. You're like, no, no, no. Uh, I don't think you guys yeah. – you guys have shown you can't coach this kid, so we're going we're gonna to go – and we decided to keep you guys, which is interesting uh, in itself. But, you know, we're, we're going to go this direction. His comp to me this year on, the, on Honest Note, like the way his career path is going, is Baker Mayfield with Tampa. When he stopped through in, in L.A. and he yeah. was with – McVeigh and he was like, "Look, yep. just be you. There's a team that's going to fit you." I mean, they already had Stafford, so him yep. going to Tampa, it was a perfect thing for him. Like everything, what didn't have to be on his back, but when he had to make his plays, he played, and they made it to the playoffs. So I think Fields' comp right now is is uh, Baker Mayfield, who I think they should sign in Tampa. To be honest, and and I'm gonna take it off the air, but the quarterback I couldn't think of a few minutes ago was Nathan Peterman. He still got a job. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. The worst quarterback so, ever. Yeah, so I'm gonna jump off, man. It's great to speak to you all Thanks, again. Bro. I hope we'll speak soon. All right, man, take it easy. Right. Oh, there is some – yeah, the league is littered with some terrible backups. I mean, they're, you know, again, the fact that, you know, Fields is not the completed product and we're like, oh, he's going to have a huge market tells you where we're at. There's um, some pretty per- per- pretty terrible starters, too, if we're being honest. Yeah, I mean, look, Russell Wilson. We were just talking about this yesterday. As bad as he's played, there's going to be – I mean, you know, again, you mentioned Mayfield. I mean, he was horrendous 
prior to his stop, you know, and his getting fixed by Sean McVay. And, you know, I was joking yesterday about Carson Wentz, but don't be surprised if somebody's like, well, I saw Carson Wentz play against the 49ers. Yeah, wouldn't really be well. surprised, yeah. You know, they're going to bring him, not to be the starter, but like, no. you know, as like a priority backup or something. I mean, it, it, it should help him. I mean, as crazy and as damaged as he appears to be. If if Garner Minshew moves on from Indianapolis to try and get a starting job elsewhere, don't be surprised if Carson Wentz is one of those guys you see in Indianapolis backing up Anthony Richardson. Coming back to Indy, you're saying? Yeah. Wow. I don't know, man. The owner trashed him, remember? New new, new, Hated new him. regime, though. Yeah, but it's new the regime. owner. It's still the same owner. I, there's no way that happens. Absolutely. No way. That guy... He's he was so mad that Carson Wentz wouldn't get vaccinated. <laughs> Remember that? That That's was true. a big That's part true. of it. For, forgot he about that. Let it forgot go, about man. that. You know, he forgot let it about go. that. Well, Jim Irsay wouldn't let that go. Um, oh man! All right, seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. Pittsburgh Ross, by the way, thinks that recent history says that Justin Fields will be a stealer. So I wasn't sure what that meant. He's talking about how Trubisky went there. Um, he also says, you know, the commanders could trade out the first round and have two first rounders to work with next year. Yeah, they need no, first rounders this year, man. You need can't a first round pick this year. You got two seconds already. Nah, you don't. You don't need to overthink it. You need to take the best quarterback at number two uh, that you can. I'm not all for moving up and wasting a lot of uh, capital to do it either. All right, seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. All right, we'll continue with some of this quarterback stuff that's already floating around. Uh, when it comes to uh, Washington, when it comes to the Bears as well. And yeah, what does it leave the Patriots? will be fascinating if they're ready to pounce on it. We'll get to all that. Plus, Ted Alexander in about 20 minutes from now talking uh, Monarchs with us here. Scott Jackson, show priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. James Witham's Gator Sports Center. All right, we are brought to you by Larry King Law. All right, 757-687-9494 if you want to hit us up via the uh, – Ballyhoo's phone line or the text line um, playing off this uh, Justin Fields news. You know, well, I don't know. Do we call it news? Is it news? I guess it is. It, right? it, it unfortunately is. I mean, him his his social media status with the Bears is news now. Anyway, got us into the whole quarterback convo. He's just tired of, of hearing it, seeing it on his timeline. I mean, again, you could just, besides unfollowing your employer, you, you could just, I don't know, take a social media break. This yeah. crazy idea, you know? I don't know. Dis, you know, disable your account for a bit of a time. I, yeah. Anyway, but yet he followed a bunch of players and a coach of other teams that might be interested in him, including Mike Tomlin. So read into what that, uh, what you may with that. All right. So on the text line, 757 on um, Jaden Daniels says he looks frail, uh, not sold on Williams. I can't get May. Um, if you can't get May, trade back for O line help and keep Howell. Um, can you stretch Hal? Can we make him taller? Uh, can we speed up his clock in his brain? I mean, there was a time in, in, in our history that somebody would have tried that. Right, right. Not recommended, but I mean. They did that in the Brady Bunch uh, with uh, Bobby tried to <laughs> get himself taller by hanging on the uh, swing set. So you want to get him some lifts or something? Yeah, maybe? you get him lifts. Yeah, okay. you notice some of these guys that wear these high-heeled uh, sneakers these days. So anyway, uh, yeah, look, Daniels, here's what I need to know from him. Does he have the body type where you can put on weight, right? Is it going to take away his athleticism? Can he slide? Like, if he can slide, yeah. you know, that's the big thing. Can he slide? Uh, we saw this last year with Richardson in Indianapolis. He chose not to slide a bit, and he, he paid for it. Uh, he also fell down in the end zone. Was he celebrating or something goofy, and he yeah. hit the back of his head? Yeah. Um, and Indy and uh, got himself a concussion. You know, that's the thing with Daniels. I mean, like the two things I'm—I don't care about his forty times straight ahead and his and his uh, you know track outfit. 
Uh, how quickly did he get to the sideline, number one? And number two, can he slide, right? Because in terms of being a pure passer, deep ball, accuracy, you know, even the underneath stuff, uh, he's got it all. I mean, he's got it. And he's got, um, you know, he's got good instincts on on running when he runs. He's not always just scrambling to run. A lot of the stuff on his big runs were design runs. Yeah, he's a little bit more straight line runner, which, you know, again, reminds me a little bit of, of Robert Griffin the third. But he is uh, a much taller guy than RG3 at 6'4". But again, what killed RG3 was the fact that he tried, as he joked around at one point, tried to be Mike Allstott, which was uh, you know, a fool's errand and ended up getting him decapitated. Always works out great, doesn't it? Yeah, so he's got to be able to slide. That, that's, a, that's the thing that I would make sure he could do. And again, what do, you, what do you think about the offense that he played in? I mean, Kingsbury, think about this too. Kingsbury, the offense they're going to have, even though he won't call it the air raid, whatever. It's a spread, it's a spread offense. Um, they're going to have some, you know, Anthony Lynn's apparently going to have a big influence on how they run the football, which is good because – if you hear people talk about Kingsbury's experience with the Falcons, or excuse me, the Cardinals, rather, wrong bird, uh, with the Cardinals is, hey, there was some really brilliant stuff here. Like, he, he schemed guys open. He, you know, it was a very difficult passing attack to deal with, but the run game was kind of basic. Like, it was nothing special, even though he did have some running numbers. So what I'll be interested to see is, like, how do they kind of morph the two together? And the principles are all from spread. Clearly, Caleb Williams, you know, can play in spread. He just did with him. Uh, you know that Drake May played in a spread that is birthed from the air raid system uh, with what Phil Longo was teaching there in North Carolina before he left for Wisconsin. And obviously, LSU has been playing spread with Jaden Daniels. Might not be, you know, the air raid version of it, but it's still a spread offense. And pretty much everybody is anyway. So yeah. it's not really that big of a deal. But the question is, again, do you think he can physically hold up in the NFL game? That's the biggest question. I don't think there's any question he's got arm talent. He's got, you know, athleticism. Uh, seemed like, you know, he was, for again, for all these guys will have to learn how to read NFL defenses. Like, let's just stop pretending that anybody that comes to the NFL and knows it because they don't. None of them know it. Can he learn that? Can you teach him that? Do you feel confident in that, right? Like, that's what you think. He's a good character guy. Is he, is he a leader? Was Again, was anybody at his birthday party when he got arrested? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all these important things that we have to know about them. See a diva, you know. Of course, they're all divas. They're quarterbacks. Uh, you know, I don't know. Th- those are the things I would like to see. Uh, 757 said, I hate to see Caleb Williams go to the commanders. I have no confidence he'll get the coaching and development. All right. That's my concern, too. I'm, I'm there with you. So he's not going to get coaching or development. I think that people are worried that he's in his own head a little bit with all this talk about not wanting to play for certain teams and mm-hmm. was he or was he not going to come out in the draft right. and all that stuff. And I think that I think that's a valid concern. I don't think that the biggest question about him is necessarily his arm talent or his, or his frame or anything like that. I think it, it's it's is he a bit of a diva? And even if that's not a problem right now, it could be a problem at some point. And do you want that on your hands? Yeah, I mean. I think more so for me with him is they're, they're going to know those questions, right? Like if Kingsbury says, go for it, I think that stuff goes out the window for me because he was with him for a full year in the system, saw the good, bad, and the ugly, um, all those things with him. Uh, again, a kid at Oklahoma, I want to remind people, that had to come in to the middle of the Texas game, okay? Middle of the Texas game yep. as a freshman. And save Oklahoma's tails to win that football game. Think about that. That, That That's big-time cojones and a big-time gamer. I mean, a big-time competitor. Now, last year, 
he was running for his life a lot. I mean, that Notre Dame game was malpractice on on their part in terms of the way they tried, I, I'm going to put it air quotes, tried to protect him if they did. I don't even call it protection. And, you know, he kept competing. He kept getting knocked down. He got sacked a ton. Um, you know, I don't remember him leaving the field uh, at any point and going home. I think he, he continued to come out of the huddle and, and take the beating and come from the sideline. And that was not a that was a hard game for them, and they were not nearly as good as they as we all thought they would be. I and I'm maybe I'm missing it here, but is there a lot of USC skill guys projected to be in the first three rounds of this draft? Not to my knowledge. I don't remember, but maybe there is. You know, as as Brian McNamee once said, I might be misremembering. If it is, it's it's late. Yeah, it's I, late first. Yeah, so I mean, I just wonder how good of a um, draft class this really is going to be. You know, from from the guys around him, right? Um, so I, I think that says something for him as well. Well, here's the other thing that turns you off, though, and that maybe this is a me thing. Maybe mm-hmm. I need to get over yeah, go ahead. it. I, I feel like this team, and talk about the Commanders, my team, yeah. that has not had a good top-to-bottom draft in forever, and you finally have a draft where you've got a decent amount of picks, you've got a new regime, you're starting over, you're trying to fix a lot of problems on a lot of positions from the previous regime or two, take your pick, and Giving up so much of that capital to move up for one spot bugs me. If you're at five and you're trying to go to one, I could maybe stomach a little bit better. But to give up, say, a couple of twos and a three just to go up another spot, or even some of this talk about giving up another first-round pick, get out of here with that stuff. I don't want to do that. Yeah, and I don't think they will do that. I just think, again, this is draft. you got to separate fact from fiction right now. Like this, like the Bears can ask for that. They can. Their fans can tweet that. These media guys who don't actually have any, any draft picks can say that stuff. I mean, I think that would be very surprising if, if they, in fact, did that. Now, again, if they go through this process and realize that Sam Howell – uh, in the guy, um, and they also say, boy, these other two guys, there was a ginormous drop-off between quarterback one, two, and three, you know, and the Bears, all they're asking for is, you know, dot, 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 then we'll, you know, they think it's worth it, then that might be where we are. I, I would be surprised, though, if that's what it comes to. And we don't know, again, if Chicago didn't come through this thing and say, we love Jaden Daniels. Like right, the Bears that's might possible. come out of this yeah. and say, we think Jaden Daniels is better than Caleb Could Williams. Could be. Could be. You Remember. Know, we, we love Jaden Daniels. All the, there's a huge upside here with Jaden Daniels. Now, part of me says, are they really going to take a guy who is really the biggest of the two of the three quarterbacks in terms of dual threat and really go after him after they kind of blew it with <laughs> the last guy who was the biggest dual threat? I don't know. But remember, when Baker Mayfield was drafted number one, he was not the lock number one going into that draft yeah. he was actually ca- kind of came on late and then yeah. cleveland fell in love with him late in the process That's and true. he ended up being the number one pick in the draft now you could say that did or didn't work out for them because now he's in tampa but at the same time it does happen where you've got a guy that's going into a draft that you think he's the consensus number one pick this is the way they're going to go and then all of a sudden boom they draft somebody else <laughs> mad in waynesburg says you know a rogers level talent eventually loses to a rogers level diva uh, not that I think uh, Caleb Williams is a diva, but <laughs> well, again, that's part of the whole sorting out, and, and they will have a very good grip on what Caleb Williams is better than anybody because they have an actual guy who was in the locker room for the last year with Caleb Williams. Man, so, I don't know how you could put him in Aaron Rodgers' class already, but no, I mean, I'm, I'm not willing to go that far yet. Well, did you see that he's going on a darkness retreat? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
As much rain as there has been in Los Angeles recently, I believe it. Yeah, no doubt. All right, 757-687-9494. At 4 o'clock when we get in the uh, football at 4 part of the program, uh, after we leave football at 3, Derrick Henry uh, news out there. And, you know, how we love these betting people uh, that want to tell you where players are going. But this this Derrick Henry uh, betting stuff actually makes a lot of sense. We'll deal with that. Uh, Falcons are already showing their hand a little bit in the way they look like they're going to handle the offseason. Uh, as well, and there's some there's some broadcast news today with the NFL that we'll deal with in the four o'clock hour. But coming up next, we pivot to some college sports. Uh, Ted Alexander uh, he joins us simultaneously while calling a baseball game. That's the kind of guy he is. Uh, we'll get to that coming up next. Scott Jackson Show Priority on the Sports Radio ninety four point one. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. Scott Jackson Show here on Priority Auto Sports Radio ninety four point one. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. Joining us right now via the Valley Who's guest line, it is Ted Alexander, the voice of the Monarchs, and how many other broadcasters could be on two signals at once like ted could do with us today uh as yes okay we're talking to him prior to the show what's happening ted we're doing some magic here in charlottesville a little baseball this is when the spring crashes into the winter gotta love it gotta love it no doubt uh good start for the baseball team at george against george washington this past weekend sweeping them uh out of town uh you did i know did two of those games on the on the plus what are your impressions of the early part of the season on what we're going to expect from this baseball squad I like the idea of a team that does not uh, depend on the home run ball to score runs. They can. They were 12 for 12 in stolen bases. They, they, a couple of sacrifices here and there, playing a little small ball here and there, getting the clutch hits. Got to love it. Then if the pitching can come around, Monarchs, uh, uh, a nice start to the, uh, the season with three in a row over GW. Of course, the, the, uh, the, the, the competition gets a little stiffer here today against the Cavaliers who went to the College World Series with 50 wins a year ago. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, they have a, a very challenging out of conference schedule on top of, of course, an excellent conference, uh, the Sun Belt. And talking to uh, Coach Finwood last week, you know, he, he's like a lot of coaches, doesn't care a whole heck of a lot about preseason predictions with the, with the media. But, you know, pick six in the, in the Sun Belt certainly uh, says what uh, the, they think about this, this team's talent level, that uh, they're, they're clearly ready to compete if you're in the top six of the Sun Belt. Well, exactly, exactly. And the Sun Belt's one of the top uh, leagues in the country. You know you're going to get RPI and net or whatever they call it in baseball help when you're in season. But when you have the, the robust out-of-conference season like the Monarchs have, you give yourself a shot if you have some success to, to uh, get some eyeballs when it comes to at-large consideration. And that's the whole idea here. You can't count on the automatic bid. you got to do your your work early and hopefully with an opportunity like three games against uh, Virginia, two games against East Carolina and other strong opponents in the non-conference portion, the Monarchs can take advantage of those opportunities. Voice of the Monarchs, Ted Alexander in here. Uh, usually it's Wednesdays with Wood. It's Wednesdays with Ted instead today uh, as he fills in for him. Here on the Scott Jackson Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Joins us via the Valley Hughes guest line from Charlottesville. All right, college football with the big news this week. Finally, we have the format officially, the 5 plus 7 uh, format in college football for the expanded playoff. What, what do you think about it? And uh, do you think this is going to be as big a blockbuster as they hope it can be? Uh, will it be as big? Probably not as much as we all hope it will be, because we all hope that some uh, some non-Power 5s can sneak their way in on a regular basis and make some national noise. Who knows if that'll happen, but I love the opportunity of opening it up a little bit, and you get your five automatics and the seven at large, and we just hope that uh, the non-Power 5s, I'm not sure what we're calling it, it's, it's Wednesday, I'm not sure what we're calling it today, uh, <laughs> I, I hope they get the opportunity and can seize those opportunities when they have those special years. 
Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, there's been discussion, you know, certainly that it could be challenging for some of these players. I mean, expanded season, if you're on one of these teams that, that goes deep, I mean, that's a lot of football, right? Like that's, that's a lot of extra football to be played. And, you know, over the long run, how that's going to look, we've already got guys opting out of bowls and those kind of things. And we're in this, you know, interesting time now. We're trying to figure out what the compensation should be if uh, there is going to be some form of revenue sharing or something down the road, maybe. Yeah, if there's a, the, the more the talk is about revenue sharing and, and the dollars and all that stuff, I, I want to hear less and less about how long a season it is. Sorry, kids. You know, what, what yeah. do you want? I mean, come on. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, if that you're going to have to get to that point, it's, it's not going to. Uh, you're going to have to. It's going to have to be a value on it. And you're going to be all in or out. All right. So let me ask you about this: the college basketball tournament. There was some preliminary discussions over these last few weeks about the expansion of that, and had Wood Seeley gone here last week talking about it. I mean, we have so many teams in, in college basketball now. You know, 320 plus. It does seem like the time is right to add, but the question is, I guess, how big. How about Wood telling the John Wooden story? How great was thesis? that? I know. How that great was that? Unbe- in the I, phone that book, last. of all <laughs> things, incredible. Ted. Incredible. In the phone book, <laughs> of all things, right? <laughs> uh, you, you, you know they try and keep the percentages right, et cetera. Uh, you know, I'd love to see more teams get in. Would it foul everything up? Would it render the, the, the conference tournaments less valuable? Would it mean the regular season was less valuable? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's above my pay grade, that stuff. I like the idea. I know at our level, the thrill of making a tournament is still just that, a thrill. I don't want to see teams that are 7 and 11 in the Big 12, you know, getting, getting eight seats. That's what I don't want to see. Yeah, that's always the danger of it. Um, as it is, you know, they've already... Uh, punished uh, the mid-majors in the NIT world by taking away those auto bids, which is, is amazing. So uh, I'll be fascinated to see which direction it goes. But, yeah, you're right. That would be my fear, right? Okay, we go to 96, but that means, you know, the uh, 13th team and the, the new expanded Big 12 and the Big 10 are the ones that are taking up those spots. Exactly. That's, that's the problem there. And if you want to expand it, you want to expand it to everybody, not just the boys that are already getting the full helpings and seconds and thirds. All right, Ted Alexander's with his voice of the Monarchs filling in this week uh, with Wednesdays. We're with us here, Scott Jackson, Share Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1, joins us via the Valley Who's guest line. All right, basketball this week, final two home games, the top team in the conference, App State, who has been uh, great. I see they got some votes this week in the top 25 as well. Uh, they're going to be here on Thursday, then Saturday it's Coastal Carolina. Final two home games, I mean, it's been a tough season. I, I think, uh, you know, everybody's well aware of what's going on uh, to get us to this point. But, you know, the team has played hard, uh, but not always, you know, executed well in key moments. But for the last the four, last four losses, I think, have combined 17 points. It, it's definitely been one of the more frustrating seasons. You've been around this a while. I mean, have you ever experienced anything quite like this season? Well, this is just difficult because you, you – learn each and every game how difficult it is to win basketball games if you don't play smart basketball for 40 minutes you ask yourself for trouble and the monarchs i mean look, look at the last game i mean they had down one four seconds have the ball uh and underneath their own bucket couldn't execute the play and the game goes up in smoke and those types of things happen all the time to teams that are struggling and the monarchs have been struggling because they don't do enough of the fundamentals well for long enough to be in contention they're in contention i shouldn't say that but you have to do those things well uh as second nature you can't be learning these types of things at this stage of the season you have to be doing those things as a basketball team all year long if you're going to give yourself more opportunities to win yeah, and the amazing part of uh, this is that the L's have, have racked up. I mean, the fans have still been rolling at a chart way, and obviously two more chances, 
And it really hit me uh, the other day thinking about this with these last two games. I mean, Jason Wade, who's had an incredible career here, uh, you know, his senior night coming up uh, this weekend, and, and a guy who, you know, you say, wish you had, you know, 12 Jason Wades in a team, you know, and I would take my chances of playing anybody, but he's really been that kind of player for this, uh, for this uh, university. What an example uh, as, as a young man just to, for, for anybody to follow, be it because of his athletic prowess, his bounce-backness, his stick to his heart, his, his team mentality. Just a, a great kid that uh, you'd always want on your team, and, and uh, he'll be, it'll be sad to see him go because he's that heart-and-soul kind of guy that you just uh, hope has a wonderful life post-basketball. Yeah, no doubt. And the type of person you know is going to going to nail it, whatever it is that's in the next phase of his life as well. Uh, women's team, an interesting week at App uh, at Georgia State. They're you know close to the third spot and second spot, still not totally out of it. And of course, they'll wrap up the season next Friday with with James Madison uh, at uh, Chartway Arena. But uh, Final Four seem very important in terms of seating right now for the women's program too. Yeah, you get the the first round by, and you want to be playing your best ball, obviously, going into the tournament. The Monarchs have shown they can play pretty darn good basketball uh, when they've got it going all in the right direction. They also have shown a tendency at times to turn the ball over or throw a brick after brick, and then they bring anybody else into the uh, the picture when it comes to the opportunity to beat them. They play well. They can beat anybody. It's up to head coach Alicia Milton-Jones and her staff and the group to get it together so you're playing your best come tourney time. All right, great call today as you do this simultaneously. Talk to us and, and call the baseball game. It's amazing, the power of radio. Uh, Ted Alexander, appreciate it. Uh, we'll see you uh, tomorrow over at Chartway Arena. Thanks for your time, buddy. My pleasure, Scott. And make sure Witham doesn't fall asleep at the switch over there. Come on now, Jimmy. <laughs> he does it from time to time. All right, Ted Alexander with the Scott Jackson Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio. 94.1, we're brought to you by Larry King Law.